This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Earl Grey hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, Trek FM's dedicated TNG show. I'm Daniel Prue, sitting in the center chair this week, and joining me as always are my two great co-hosts. To my right, I have Philip, and as of recording, tomorrow here in the United States is Veterans Day. Now, Philip... I heard about your discommendation. Is this going to interfere with your Veterans Day plans at all? Um, well, I, actually, you're really, you're really not supposed to be talking to me. Um, but I'm glad you are. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm facing yeah. the other way in the room right now, just so you yeah. know. Yeah, well, and, and I know, because I, I had to. Uh, there was the incident with the uh, spilled milk, um, the cheetah, and the hula hoop. We don't need to go into it. But because of that, I did have to accept this commendation. But, um, you know, I still have my, uh, my card to use tomorrow to get all my freebies around here because, I mean, that's what honoring service is about, free donuts and haircuts. I mean, that's what we do here in America. Um, and so, you know, like I said, I'll just show, uh, go to these different places, show them my, uh, my mental battle-ridden scars, and, you know, get my, uh, get my free Golden Corral buffet. America. All right, and to my left, uh, I have Darren Moser. Now, Darren, Halloween was like a week ago. Are you dressed up as Link? Why Why are you all in green and have a bow and arrow? Uh, yes, uh, you know, it's it didn't involve a cheetah or a hula hoop, but it's a, it's a, it's a long story. Um, let's just say there, you know, when you, when you accidentally super glue shut, the zipper on your Robin Hood cosplay, it just, uh, you know, you just kind of roll with it and you construct an entire episode around it. So I'm not saying that's what happened, but uh, I'll just uh, <laughs> leave that to your imagination. But, um, but you know, strangely enough, in this costume, I am a merry man. And I believe that costume does identify you as Darren Moser. All right, and if anybody cannot tell, we're going to be doing uh, another one. Of, we're on now in our fourth, obviously, of our season overview episodes, where we're going to break down the season. Uh, now, last time, obviously, we did season three. Now, season three, I made no bones about it. My favorite season of Star Trek overall. But how do you follow up such a stellar season, guys? Now, think about this. You're in the, the summer of 91, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe 90, something like that. And, of course, you have the, the big event. You have the best of both worlds. And, oh, my goodness, is is Patrick Stewart coming back? Is Captain Picard coming back? And you start off strong. You get best of both worlds part two. Uh, I know all of us, the, the three of us, maybe were, you know, maybe not cognizant exactly of the situation. But now, like, looking back on it, like, can you? Is there a season that can start any stronger than Best of Both Worlds Part Two? Like this is like this is incredible. You're coming out the gate with with both hands swinging, right? Well, I mean, one is a hand, and the other is this device that goes. 
<laughs> but yeah, it, I mean, it was one of those things where like you read about behind the scenes, and and I think it was Michael Pillar who had was the, the sort of the head writer there for part one, and he was thought he was just going to be part time, and he was gone. They're like, no, 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 you're 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 full time now. You're coming back. He's like, oh shoot, I got to finish this <laughs> thing now. I didn't even know how it ends. I thought someone else's problem. So you sort of do get that. How is this going to end? And and I don't know. In, in some ways, maybe some people think it's maybe not not that it's bad, but maybe it was kind of a letdown as far as how it ended. But then, like, it's one of those things. Like, what you want them to blow up the ship? I mean, you know, there's got to be some ending here. But I mean, I, I certainly, you know, it's it's. What can you say? It's best the best of both worlds, part two. Well, I mean, that's why in the beginning it says last time. It is the last time on Star Trek The Next Generation. This is it. It is over. <laughs> We're going to blow up the Enterprise because Wesley just said, hey, let's just use the main deflector dish. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't, and it didn't work. work. It was the, the biggest letdown, the biggest special effect letdown, I think, in all of Star Trek is like we have this giant moment that builds up to it. And maybe this is kind of representative, like Philip, Philip says. I think a lot of people maybe view part two is the weaker part. Um, but like in that first shot when they're like, yeah, fire the deflector. And of course you expect the whole cube to explode and nothing happens. And you're like, Oh, okay. Well now what's going to happen. You're like, have you but tried anyways. flicking the switch, Wesley? Like press it again. Press is it. It's still not working. Oh, well. Is that, is that when data looks over to Wesley and he says, is the parking brake still on? <laughs> But so okay, so we get this is again we're gonna we're going right to the beginning. This is best of both worlds happens, and then essentially what I think a lot of people consider the trilogy of best of both worlds, even though it's not official or whatever. But we get family, and really the, I think it's the one-two punch. To me, it's like th- that's why this season starts out on such a high. Is like of course you get the best of both worlds, but then they did this brilliant thing where they bring it down, where they where they're like okay. Well, this is not going to be your normal Star Trek episode. We're going to deal with the consequences of what happened in these episodes before. Surprise, surprise, on Star Trek The Next Generation. And in fact, this family is the only episode in the entire series not to have any scenes on the bridge. And I believe, if I remember correctly, I may be mistaken, also the only episode of the series without data in it at all, I think. I think. Well, because he had the entire next episode of like <laughs> of brothers, but yeah, every character, yeah, yeah. character known to man, yeah. Because I, I mean, I, I agree with you with the part two, part three of a family, and I mean, I think we've all said, but I've said explicit, explicitly here on Earl Grey that family is my favorite episode of all time, um, and so it's it's. I think looking at the the list of season four, you know. Because we, I don't know, I don't know, I want to speak for everyone here, but I think we're all on the same page that we think season three is our favorite, but I don't know if, if that's not true. Say something. But so I was like, season four, okay, well, that'll probably be good too. And I looked at it and like, nope, they're pretty much like 95% good. And I almost think with season four, like season three kind of like, yep, we're our own show. And season four was the first time that we were like, this is our own show and this is how we're doing it. Season three is sort of like, we're writing the check and season four was cashing that check in. And like, <laughs> no, that's, I, that's brilliant. I actually, like I said, season three, my favorite season as well, but season four is much more consistent, I think. Um, uh, and, and a lot of how, and what it does. And 
but but just like I said, starting out with with family. I mean, come on, like this this shakes everything up. This is not a, a you know a space anomaly of the week. This isn't let's ferry around diplomats. This is a very you know in depth look at no less than three of the main characters on the show, and uh, you know there's a there's a little bit of everyone else as well, and uh, an amazing episode. I think we all agree, and just just an inc- uh, you know. A ten out of ten, in, in a way that Best of Both Worlds isn't in the in the opposite way, but but it's just as good, really. Yeah, I feel that you know, as as I said, you know, well, while we're here at Earth, let's might as well tell a story about Earth. You know, we actually shoot outside and not have it be the holodeck all the time. You know, and you know, I, I know it was the a, a was in the from them because. Well, I know that, but I mean, you know, not 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 recre not recreating. It wasn't like Picard's like, I'm just gonna go pretend I'm home with my brother, and he just pops on the holodeck for a week, you know, you know, as he's crying his eyes out. Uh, but no, it was it was really good, and and I think they were smart. I mean, it's it was a bit of a change because yes, Star Trek is very serialized, or um, you know, where you know we got to tell good stories every week. And, you know, jump people in, but not necessarily have them all connect. So it was, I think the, but the big point was you can't have a man who's gone through what Picard has just gone through be fine the next week. Like, oh, look, the Enterprise all put back together and everything's okay. You know, you need a transition piece, you know, next week he could be totally fine, but you know, for, for right after. And I think it adds weight to the events of Best of Both Worlds by having, the events of family, uh, and of course, first con- Star know, Trek first contact leading to that. Well, yes, Those first contact is also in this season. You mean the episode with Riker? No, no, <laughs> no. But I mean, of course, and of course, like when you watch, when you watch uh, the best of both worlds, the end scene with Picard, like you could tell right there they were just setting it up to like, okay, this this man is affected. This man has changed. Uh, and we 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 can't ignore that. We have to deal with that, and uh, and they do right away. There's a there's a lot right there to deal with, and and of course we do get it later on in first contact and uh, a few other times. Uh, but the, that so that's the start of the season. Um, a really stellar start. I can't think of a better, you know, you know, introduction to the season and start of the season than that. There might be one uh, that I'm not picking up off the top of my head, but it's really just, it's, it's, you know, we start at the, at the peak for season four, which is really wonderful. Um, But there's some, some landmarks in season four that I wanted to talk about. Guys, we, we beat TOS in season four. In your face. TNG. TNG. I mean, TNG, to the standard hits, orbit. It's 80th. <laughs> TNG hit its 80th episode uh, with the episode Legacy. Um, not too far into the season. Um, and not only that, also hit its 100th episode uh, with the final episode of the season as well. So um, this, I think that, I mean, like I said before, season three really established the show as as a success, as a massive, huge hit. Season four was just like, okay, we're here to stay. We we are firing on all cylinders. We have cleared out everything, all of the problems we have, and now we're ready to go 
you know, for as long as this ride will seven seasons, uh, as we know now, but will take us. And so, uh, you know, see, season four of TNG, season three, season four, season five, these kinds of things, I think, are what people think of when they think of TNG. Well, and and it's a good point, like you you said, Daniel. You know, okay, so we, yes, it was a milestone. We surpassed you know the amount of episodes of TOS because again, we're you know we're looking back on Star Trek through this huge lens of the passage of time. And, you know, for us, it's like, oh, yeah, Next Gen was seven se- seven seasons and DS9 was seven and Voyager was seven. Like seven was the average number, you know, for the, you know, the big seasons. You know, unfortunately, Enterprise didn't get, you know, its full seven. But, you know, but but back in, you know, 1990, you know, pa- surpassing that, you know, they didn't know, you know, it, it, that it was going to go an additional, you know, number of years. So, Again, you know, obviously, when we, we, we look at it in hindsight, it, it makes total sense that it lasted that long. But it was, I'm sure, a huge deal for them to be like, okay, you know, we're, we're, we've shown, like you said, you know, we're, we're cashing that check. You know, we're going to keep, you know, keep going. And, and, and then you started just cranking out great television week after week. I mean, season four, season five has just kept going. Well, and also, I'm trying to remember... Did Roddenberry? When did he die? Did he die this season or next season? I'm pretty sure it's. Is it the best of both worlds? There's. It's a season. It's a. It's an episode around the best of both worlds. that's actually dedicated to him, and I think that's right after he. I think it might be the episode before Best of Both Worlds, but that's like pure memory. So I could be totally wrong. I mean, I'm just. I'm. I'm just thinking about the Roddenberry legacy. I mean, you know, or or for anyone who was. Well, I don't know if anyone was still around. I mean, actively working on Next Gen, who was on TOS. That that's sort of like, you know, everything that was working for and against them on TOS. That this the second. You know, lightning striking twice. We finally got past it. You know, we are we're we're still going on, uh, making episodes after that seventy-eight episode mark. I mean, that that was probably a really good reward for them and, and a validation of of this sophomore effort of Star Trek. Okay, I I'm way off. Just so you know, um, it was Unification. He died uh, during the the uh, before the release of Unification. That was when. So he was alive yeah, yeah. at this point. Well, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, that was I, a, I thought it was farther yeah. than season four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting that, you know, that the second episode is named Family because, you know, having done my – or finished, I suppose I should say finished – my uh, TNG TV rewatch anyway. So I got the movies. Um, the seventh season is almost like to a ridiculous degree, family members are like coming out of the woodwork. But I think the fourth season is much more makes sense family season of, you know, war, uh, has a son and data has a brother and, you know, the Klingon family and, and Yar sister. And, and so it's a little more, it's not as crazy as seventh season family where it's like, yes, it's Picard's cousin, Ollie, you know, I don't know. But, um, but, but I think this is definitely the, the, the family season. Yeah. yeah. That was actually one of the other points that I, I wanted to make sure that we hit was, was the fact that we get a lot of, of family here, a lot of family development. We, we, of course, in family, of course, we get um, Picard's immediate family with his brother and sister-in-law and nephew, um, as well as, uh, you know, Worf's, his adoptive parents and uh, Jack Crusher, of course, I think the only time we see him 
you know, kind well, since of, Wesley kind of leaves the show, so we don't really have reason to see him much later. Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, his wife is on the show, Darren. There, there, are, there is a reason. Yeah, but she never talks him. about him. So you know, <laughs> well, there's also um, you know not just you know brothers and sisters, but there's mothers. I mean, you have Luxana Troy is true. back. Yep. You know, I mean, who who can forget her? Uh, you know, having wonderful chats with Worf and all the she just she just lights up a room. <laughs> well, you know what? We we actually uh, yeah. get right. Riker's son. I mean, he's not real, but we get Riker's son. Oh, and his wife as well. Yes. Who isn't real either? <laughs> Who isn't really poor Riker? Well, I mean, I, I feel like Troy wasn't a substantial character. But oh wait, you meant sorry. Never mind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, you know, Alexander does show up, but hey, we get Kalar, so it's almost worth it. Um. We get like in Brothers, uh, the the third episode. We get lore, uh, the return of lore, which is great, as well as Doctor Noonien Soong, um, who is a who is a fairly fairly significant, you know, character in Star Trek now. Uh, all played by Brent Spiner, of course, because he loves to play multiple characters <laughs> at the same time. Uh, and it is one of the few excusable situations <laughs> that that's that. I don't I don't know if you all have seen the. Uh... TNG spoof of the too many cooks which is you know the thing that's going around now but there's the TNG spoof of it and it just has like Brent Spiner repeatedly being credited for all the roles that he plays <laughs> interspersed through everyone else's credits oh Brent Spiner well you know but like think about those three that's episodes you have Best Both Worlds Part 2 Family Brothers you're like dude this is going to be the most awesome season ever but then yeah, it's then suddenly human. Yeah, which you know, it's not bad. But it's, <laughs> it's not great. Which is which is a family episode as well. That's true. Really, I mean, uh, though they're not re- the definition not of related, family. We're definitely, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, not a, not an amazing episode by any stretch of the means. Uh, but we also do get Tasha's sister as well in a very. Um, I kind of feel like that that episode's a little underrated. I I don't know. Do people hate that episode? And I'm just not aware of it. I. I, as much as I, you know, with her showing up as Sela at the end of the, the last scene of the season, um, I kind of like the idea of her sister and, like, her relationship with Data is interesting because Data's relationship with Yar was interesting. Even, you know, the little bit that, bit we, that we got. But. Yeah, it, there's a, well, I'm not going to use the term, but I'll say, it, it, that legacy is a little weird when you have Data and, what's, what was her name? Ish. I don't remember her name. Yara's I sister. Yara who? Yara who? Yara who? Ishara. Uh, di- yeah, I think it's. I think it's discount. It, it's Ishara. Um, Ishara. Yeah. You have oh, okay. Ish. Which that's not discount Russian. Dis- discount. Russian yeah. Um. But like you have Ishara <laughs> and Data, kind of not flirting, but kind of flirting. And I'm like, dude, you, you already had her sister. That's weird. Don't do that. That's weird, <laughs> Data. Oh. Oh, Philip, Philip, come on. It's been four years. <laughs> oh, is that your time period, Daniel? Dead sibling <laughs> is four years for Daniel, and then he's he's going for it. Look out, ladies. <laughs> and even, I mean, it's a bit of a stretch, but I'll go for it. Remember Me is kind of about family, not like blood relations per se, but the people around us because they start disappearing around Beverly because she thinks about, you know, that's – that's the whole thing about the warp bubble that she's thinking about all the people who are dying and going and leaving her. And so it disappears. All the people disappear. So it's kind of, I mean, it's a stretch, but it's kind of about family too or about the people around us. 
And it's, of course, part of the Fan Collection Traveler uh, trilogy, which I'm sure will be coming out for time for the holidays. Right. (laughs) And and even family. Like, this is, like, an obscure reference and a minor reference completely, but family plays a big... uh, Kind of a big role in the drumhead, right? When it's all about how this guy is related to. Oh, Halami. that's a, that's a good reach. I'll I'll accept that. I'll accept that. Circle gets a square. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Now, I'll what if more. he was a cromulin? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think he was a he was. What would that be? A, a humulin? I don't know. Or was he a Vulc- Vulcan? <laughs> He's a Vulcan, wasn't he? Wasn't he Vulcan? Well, he said oh. he was Vulcan. But is that like, like when like Americans say they're Canadian? No, no, is, Americans is don't say they're Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody. When does you're in that, another country, because you know nobody nobody likes Americans. Oh, yeah. oh I see. Yeah, what you're okay, saying. yeah. So, so. <laughs> I'm like, we don't do that. Oh, yeah, I totally see what you mean. That <laughs> I can see. I'd like some well, healthcare, please. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, well. Speaking of family members, we have a fairly significant departure. Of course. In season one, we there was some security officer we lost, but we'll talk about that at another time. I can't remember her name. Um, but, you know, the most significant uh, cast change, really, in, in the series history, we lose we lose Wesley. Wesley goes to the Academy. I like you said, like, we lose Wesley. Like, you know, has anyone seen him? I'll check, them. I'll check the lost and found. <laughs> I box. thought he was more inferring, like, you know, Scotty's there with his bagpipes and a torpedo's getting <laughs> launched out the, you know, torpedo tube. We lost Wesley. <laughs> that would have been that would have been a great movie, The Search for Wesley. <laughs> well, I mean, we we've talked about. I mean, we had a whole episode about Wesley. The Ball of Light. Um, and uh, so you guys should check that that episode out. Uh, but you know, during that episode, I, I expressed like I, I like Wesley as a character, and I didn't want to see him go. <laughs> um, so initially watching this, and even rewatching this season. You know, with Final Mission, uh, well, with everything before and then Final Mission. It's um, the Final it's Mission. mission. <laughs> it's kind of disappointing, um, but it's a significant event that happens. Uh, and, and that episode is a great, great episode. It's a it's a really solid episode. Really? Uh, and, you know, I I like it. You know, well, you're not a not, fan of it. I just is there like a B plot? Because I just remember it's like a thin story. It's like oh, there's the water and it's blocked, and well, we got to fill an hour. So um, let's walk through the desert. Card knows longer. all about conserving water in the desert, as he you know he has a still suit and uh, he totally knows. Remember, remember Patrick Stewart was in Dune. Oh, okay. I never With saw the half shield, and uh, yeah, I remember a little bit. It's, but yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, I, I, I don't think it was a bad story. I just, I'm trying to remember what the B. It's like I just remember it being kind of thin. Like, is this all? Because like, we really got to stretch this part out. And, but, but no. I mean, it was so good. I always thought, I always thought that final mission. I mean, and of course, it makes sense for it to be this way. But I feel like it's the successor to. Uh, come on, help me out, guys. The season two episode. Where they go, where oh. Picard gets his new oh. robot heart implant. Tapestry. And, uh, no. No, well, no, no, no. That's when tapestry. Picard gets his new robot heart. No, that's <laughs> no, when he gets... season two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he gets Dr. Pulaski surgery. <laughs> Darren, don't get us. Darren, don't get so sad. <laughs> He's flipped over that's his laptop, said. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> he, he rage quit the show. <laughs> 
in season two when Pulaski actually has to go to the Starbase to replace his heart and Wesley Would you like a sandwich, Darren? <laughs> they have sandwiches on the shuttle craft. Oh, oh yes, okay, I remember what you're talking about now. Um, but 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 oh, it's the one with the it's it's the one with the pack. Oh, Samaritan right? snare. Uh, Samaritan snare. Yeah. Is that is that right? Is that Samaritan yes. snare? Yeah, because they have Samaritans to leave helping out, and they can and they get snared yeah. because Jordy. Remember. Okay, so anyways, I, I need things. We're getting way off track. To make them go. <laughs> they they do need things. Um. Yeah, we're getting a little off track. Anyways, I always thought that that you know final mission was kind of a, in a lot of ways, a successor to that. Obviously, because it's Wesley and Picard, but just thematically it makes a lot of sense uh, and that's actually you know wesley and picard have also also kind of had a, a paternal relationship as well so that's that's something that's explored uh, a little bit uh, a you tiny know, bit here but so you guys know you you're not you don't care that he leaves you're just totally well, okay with it. i would say one of two things one it was kind of weird to like i mean you know real life aside that you know wanted him to go do other things um but um one thing was like weird to like because like he was the constant helm guy i mean like you had geordie first season but then you had that wesley there and then like no one until like seven or six season i guess row you know so you like that was the last permanent helm person once wesley left and so all the extras were like yes yes (laughs) more screen time whoever um and then the second thing was I don't think we mentioned this during the Wesley episode. Like, what was that, like, the the one day where he had to go from, like, Ensign Crusher to Plebe Crusher? Like, can I just wear the Ensign outfit for one more day before I have to go to Freshman? You know. (laughs) Well, I'm just picturing now, you know, that you mentioned that the the first episode we see Roe and... Pretty sure it starts off with like a long, you know, captain's log, and I can now I just picture it. So I finally sat down and finished my paperwork for our replacement helm <laughs> officer. It's been a couple years, but you know, I have all these pads on my desk. It got lost. I'm just gonna be honest. So welcome, Ro Laren. She's got a shaded past, you know. <laughs> well, you know. It was it was a late night. He was going through all the recommendations from helm officers with letters of recommendation, which tell you nothing. But then he was just about to put Roll Aaron's pad down when <laughs> <laughs> all of uh, so what you're saying is all of the con officers uh, up to that point they were like Ryan the temp from <laughs> yes. the office. They're yes. just they're temp. Are you saying because... they were interns well... <laughs> the whole no. next two and a half seasons? No, they're, they're... <laughs> Like, all of Deck 5 on the hood is temp. You know, that's where all the temps stay, and then they just beam over, you know, because we all know the USS Hood stays right behind the Enterprise. It's like, it's like a summer intern program helming the flagship, and so it's like, set course, and send, I want to say Billy? Um, who is it? Who is it, Will? We'll, we'll see. We can't really see it because the camera's usually aimed towards Picard, but there's actually a piece of tape on the back of the chair. <laughs> and so that way, you know, because it's really hard for him to remember. I mean, we know Worf can't remember any oh, of the Oh, wait, are you members. telling – is that is that no, what no, Will no, no, is no. doing when he's leaning against the chair? He's changing the tape out? No, no, no. <laughs> he's no, really no, no, subtle. No. You, guys, like, you, <laughs> you, you guys have it all wrong. You guys have it all wrong. <laughs> 
Picard has that little display on his armrest, <laughs> oh. and that shows him exactly who's so, sitting in the chair. So he's got the two armrests, and the right one says little, you know, Ensign, you know, Lamont, and the little arrow, <laughs> and then the one on the on the left says Lieutenant Commander Data. Like a little arrow. <laughs> and the, and he's got a, is he like Bartlett, <laughs> or he can't remember the names? He has to look it up. He's got he's got a little diagram of the bridge on there, and f- for the guy sitting standing behind him, all it says is no, <laughs> no, no chair, <laughs> an exclamation no mark. chair. Let's true remember he he does have the neurological uh, thing that's going to be aromatic syndrome in a couple of years, so you know it's already starting a little bit. Oh gosh, that's my that's my favorite well, headcanon now for Picard's chair. Yeah, he's always turning to like the doctor, uh, Doctor Pala- Crusher. I mean Crusher. I was, I was gonna say Crusher. I was well, gonna say that's Crusher. Why they changed it in season two because in season one he had to open them, and that was really obvious when he'd be like, "Hey, Ensign, <laughs> beep, 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 Crusher," but now he just has to this glance is- down. This is why he does the Picard maneuver so often. He gives him a second. He's to stalling. Down at that is that what he's diagram. doing? <laughs> you know, I know. He'll, he'll try to play it off. Be like, oh, make a course correction to boop, boop, boop. He's like, no, no. That, there's, that screen's so small. You can't read any kind of course correction on it. All it's good is for like large print main initial, names. large print and an arrow. <laughs> right, every time I see the Picard maneuver, he's stalling for time because he can't remember, you know, Troy's name or something. Now I want to edit together all the clips of Picard, like, talking to the <laughs> officer and just put in, like, pauses, unnatural pauses. Even when he's speaking to, like, uh, the aliens on the view screen, that always just blinks at him. Oh, look, it's Tomalock, Tomalock, <laughs> yeah. Tomalock, don't forget. It's, at the very bottom, it's like, it's like, ah, Ambassador Tomalock, uh, we beat again. <laughs> yes, Picard, it's been too long. But see, on his screen, he's got it too, because nobody remembers anybody in the Federation anywhere in this universe. Right. Which Tomalock uh, was in the season, though he was also not for real. So <laughs> That's true. We we may have gone a little off track here, guys. Uh, so let let me try to steer us back. I need a con officer okay. to do that. So Wesley's... I want to say David is that the host this week data it's data Uh, my name is data sir (laughs) that's right I have to refer to you as him not it okay I got it Uh, okay anyways so Wesley leaves halfway through the season but we get a lot more of 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 Chief O'Brien, he gets a name, official name and rank, and he gets married. Uh, like this is like kind of a backstory. You know, a lot of ways he gets the wounded. This is this and a is front a story. I mean, he's getting stories all over the place. Mm-hmm. Well, and and oh. it's really though, you know, to his benefit because I mean, honestly, if he hadn't been f- as fleshed out a character, you know, I don't know if he would have been as quick a choice. Or DS9. I mean, that's just that's just pure conjecture. Like they might have been, oh, you know, this actor is great. Like we're gonna definitely use him. But the fact that we knew him so well, I think, definitely made him an A candidate for Deep Space Nine. And I mean, I was surprised when I was looking at the episode order because I thought it'd be like, okay, Data's Day gets married, and then it'll be a couple episodes, the wounded. But it's like, no, Data's Day, the <laughs> wounded. So it's basically the yeah. O'Brien block there in that part of the season. Yeah. Well, that's why he beams over to Captain, you know, Maxwell. He's like, so, 
you going on this little stunt kind of really ruined my honeymoon. And then Captain uh, Maxwell so... is like, why didn't you invite me to your wedding? No. Uh, we don't <laughs> invite people to a wedding uh, when you're – it's one of Captain Picard's rules. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, so, well, that's interesting, right? I mean, we do we get, um, of course, Data's Day, which is it's a it's a Data episode, but it is just as much an O'Brien episode, right? And we also get the Wounded, which I think sits up there with the best of the Deep Space Nine, um, uh, you know, uh, O'Brien episodes as well. I think it's I think it's a fantastic episode, and we learn basically this is where we learn who O'Brien is. Really, we learn his kind of his his everyman nature and like what he's been through and his, you know, I I don't hate the, I don't hate you, Cardassians. I just hate what you made me. You know his you know and his well and the well the wounded's one of my favorite next gen episodes. I mean, it's just it's so well done. And what I love best about it is how. Like you said, Daniel, you know, they're revealing about O'Brien, but they're it's not like a TV show where it's like, let's show a flashback, you know, of O'Brien on the front. Like, you don't need to. They inflect and put so much into this character by just these simple lines and little scenes of him reacting that you get the entire picture. A minstrel boy to the war is gone you i mean like set like three i mean that because i'm in my ds9 rewatch that like they mention that thing every four episodes by the way so i mean this the, the sto- butcher of set like three yeah and like hey don't i remember you from set like three and like i mean so that's if this is a a the wounded kind of sets this keystone of cardassian o'brien storyline that's used throughout the the next series well, all right. This is this is kind of a perfect segue, guys, and we can spend the rest of our time, I think, just just running down the season. Not we don't have to talk about every episode, but let's talk about either what we liked best, or what doesn't work for us, or maybe even moments in episodes. Um, and I'll start it off. Um, we don't have to go around, Robin. You guys just jump in when you want. But I'll just start it off by saying the opening sequence, the cold open to Brothers, is absolutely one of my favorite. Uh, sequences in in tng specifically but in star trek in general like when 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 because as a fanboy and as a huge fan of data i'm always like data is so awesome he can just do anything like what can't Data? and it just shows data taking over the enterprise do anything And Data takes over the Enterprise in five minutes without even realizing what he's doing. And it's so – it's such an awesome, nerdy sequence where, like, everybody, everybody else on that ship can't even get to the bridge to figure out what the heck is going on. And, uh, you know, we get that great sequence of Data putting in, putting in that password, which uh, I think would – you know, when you sign up for a new account online and they tell you if your pa- if your password is weak – or normal or strong. Were any of those words capitalized? And did he use a symbol? Because he might have some trouble. Though. Did he use a special character? I, I, because I, I don't yeah. think I heard a special character in there. <laughs> At the end, the computer's <laughs> like, un- invalid, please. Yeah. Your password is not strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> or data level encryption. Uh, but uh, yeah, what do you guys have? You guys have anything that you want to, that sticks out? Well, I'm I'm not going to talk about in theory because I've talked about that in other shows, but I, I do love in theory and I've talked about that. But I, what I do want to talk about is is something that we mentioned in the Arboretum earlier, and that's the drumhead. 
Um, boom, great, boom, great boom, episode. Boom, 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 which, speaking of continuity, we get the, so tell me, Captain, have you fully recovered from the incident with the Borg? And Picard has his own, oh, no, you did not. Face. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and, and then also like brings up all these other episodes of the Prime Directive. And I mean, and it's just, and I mean, that's just continuity. I mean, that's just a little piece of this episode. The Rumhead is, is much bigger, obviously, about about issues that were, this is a, and we've talked about this before, but it's a pre-9-11 show, obviously. But in the post-9-11 world, it, it obviously still resonates, perhaps even stronger. Um, and so it's, it's just a great, uh, great, great episode with a, with a great meaningful, mor- you know, I don't want to say morality play, but at least a great episode with a lot of meaning. And it, it really like, that's an episode too, that picks up on the enemy, right? I think the enemy with the, with the whole wharf oh, yes. slash Romulans kind of, kind of angle to it. And it's like wharf innately hates these people and just refuse like just no i got refuse and, and all this other stuff and and there's a lot going on in that episode that uh i mean we're not saying anything other people haven't said a thousand times before that's an amazing episode that we could talk about for hours i'm sure well and one of the one of my favorite episodes is is clues i i really enjoy you know again it's the mystery one of the big twists in that episode is when they start to suspect did has data lied to us and and i'm just thinking now about brothers and it's like well let's not forget that only a matter of episodes before <laughs> data completely took over went crazy you know just went completely off his you know rocker and took over the enterprise like that you know uh so but that's a that's a fun one because you know we're seeing it revealed and we're like what is going on you know and what you know what's with this rose coral or whatever the heck crusher's growing uh but i i really enjoy that one and i also like again you know uh picard's little speech at the end where he's like no 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 you gotta let us try it again because we're uh, we're human we love clues (laughs) you know shoulders up now Talking about season four, you know, being, if we're going to say this, establishing TNG as its own, I won't say this starts it, but this kind of cranks it into, like, second gear, the 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 main arc, or not, I won't say the main arc, but the primary story arc of TNG, and that's the Klingon-Romulan conflict. Because, I mean, there's been seeds planted, but now you have Reunion, and then you have uh, in, or the Mind's Eye with Jordy assassinating, I believe that's the one, right? And then um, redemption, and I mean that's basically the big ones there. And you get a shadowy figure in the mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, jeez! Uh, With a familiar bowl haircut. <laughs> uh, oh, the only well, not the the second to only blonde bowl haircut that we ever see. That's, that's why it's so you know recognizable. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, well, okay, she was having an she was having an identity crisis. It's okay. <laughs> well, now we're know, just all those advice. night terrors were keeping her up. <laughs> oh, uh, but you know the devil got its due. Well, I'm at I'm at the loss of how to explain this. Okay, hey, come let, on, guys. let's you just turn this back this. to the host. Okay, <laughs> this is this is going to last half my life nice. if we keep doing this. Well, in theory, <laughs> the clues. <laughs> You guys are irritating me to the nth <laughs> degree right now. I can't even handle it. Well, it's our legacy. Hey. 
<laughs> what if just guys? Okay, remember me. Force Cupid in there. Force Cupid in there somehow. <laughs> Don't be so Cupid. <laughs> Uh, would the, actually that uh, you know this joke did remind me, and I, and I mentioned this once before, but I have a huge soft spot for um, for the Devil's Due. I love that episode. I have so much fun with that episode, and I don't understand why people don't like it. Uh, I I wish Ardra came back. I wish she was. A, I I wish you know what she could have been the con officer until Rose showed up. I <laughs> you you totally want her to be okay the, the I'm of, of TNG, don't Audra, you? Ardra the. <laughs> Wait, wasn't she? You know, she's really good at contracts, so she could have easily gotten like a Starfleet contract to be the con officer. Plata course, Testoval core. <laughs> wasn't she a con officer? Because didn't she like appear in the bridge as in the different spots of all the people? Oh yeah, oh, she, she did. She is <laughs> total head cannon now. Head cannon. <laughs> well, and um, so that's that's my guilty pleasure of this season. Do you guys have one that kind of sticks out that maybe is not? Well, one other thing I, I wanted to say about Devil's Do real fast is I, I like how it shows. You know, I like her technology because I mean, as advanced as TNG technology is, the fact that she had you know the interface through the eyes and things like that, I, I liked seeing that because it's like okay, not everything is this cool flat panel, you know, futuristic touchscreen. You know, there are going to be other technologies. I mean, we've talked about, like, why can't Data access anything on the ship, you know, with wireless? If wireless doesn't exist, you know, in the 24th century. But I, I liked seeing that and seeing another, you know, an alien with almost more advanced technology than our away team has. Because she's able to pull off, you know, things that they later are, but they have to figure it out. I mean, if it wasn't more advanced, they would be like, oh, yeah, you're just using the uh, mode three neural interface. We use those, you know, to, you know, it, that's a baby's toy, you know, <laughs> but uh, I, that's one of the aspects I really like of that episode. We get the trill introduced with the host. Right. And, uh, you know, just, just to pick up on this deep space nine thread we have going, we also have the Cardassians uh, as well, uh, obviously in the wounded, like we've with mentioned amazing before. headgear. And their teeth and are awesome. so straight next time we see them. It's amazing. <laughs> um, I, I I actually did want to bring up uh, First Contact. I think it's a pretty cool episode. It's one of the few times that we get, um, you know, like the this idea, like really the, I think the only one is in, in Star Trek, the only, the only time we actually get, this is how we actually handle first, like from the Federation side of things. This is how we initiate first contact with people. And it's not like the Vulcans did. We don't just <laughs> land a planet and then start dancing, you know. Like we, well, we know there's a 50-50 we, chance they would have gotten a shotgun to the face. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I really got out of that ship. <laughs> Uh, but it, that's a, uh, in a you know it's a fun episode it's in kind of an important and i like to see it for that aspect of it well, and as well. picard's really strong in that because at when it all comes down to it it's the i don't remember if it was president or prime minister or whoever what his rank was but he's like if i ask you to leave will you leave because he's like i totally get that you could just subjugate my people like we're nowhere even close to what you know what technology you have and picard you know picard needs to be the diplomat in that moment because it's so important. And I feel like I need to learn that actress's name because she's basically 
tied, if not beating, Jeffrey Combs in Star Trek characters. Oh, yeah. She's in a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, I'm blanking on her name. <laughs> she plays the science minister or whatever it is. She is <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> So any any other anything else any other moments from season four any other episodes that you guys that stick out in your mind? Well, uh, Leah Brahms, Galaxy's Child, before. right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, the real Leah well, Brahms, yes. Means. You know, it's it's like there's the real Ghostbusters, and then there was the other cartoon. <laughs> so this is, um, but yeah, I mean, Cupid is whatever you want to say about Cupid, and that's that's pre- which we should we should talk about Cupid, right? Because that's like a lot of people like. I Cupid. don't know. It's a lot of fun. It's I well, we, yeah, the return it's, of Vosh. It's well regarded, I think. It's well regarded as kind of one of the funniest episodes of of TNG, right? It's one of the funnest, silliest kind of romps that that we have. Well, and I think that's one of the strengths of the Q character is he's super versatile. I mean, you can do at the end, you can use him to frame the finale of your show in this time spanning giant arc or you could say well let's just uh q did this and so now everyone's gonna be like robin hood cosplaying right now and Wait, you just uh, have to go with it darren when you snap your fingers there's something like a big turkey leg in daniel's hand <laughs> and here's your bull no, haircut a- <laughs> hey wait that's how my hair always looks oh no but it's so true like Q, Q, you know, starts us off. He finished. Well, wow, this is this is weird. Hang on, let me rephrase. Uh, Q starts the series off and and ends the series, but then and, and and then introduces us to our most lethal enemy. But then we get episodes like Cupid, and it's like it, it's you're absolutely right about the versatility of the character that we just get to. Sometimes we just can cut loose. It's it. He's like kind of like a microcosm he's kind of like a a representation of star trek and like the way they tell stories is like you can have these deep emotional intense stories and you can just have fun sometimes and and that's what q does for sure but you know i'm wondering if in cupid he pops back to be like yeah so sorry about introducing you like early to like the greatest you know deadliest threat of the federation so uh here uh go uh relax with your loved one well, what? When did that shift happen? Like when? Did, because he starts out in an, in an encounter. It's a because pretty it's when he thing. loses his powers in Deja Q. Is that because Deja Q is the first funny one? Because um, that's when he loses his powers, and so and that's when they started getting Q titles. Yeah, because that's that's what leads to Cupid is because he says he he owes Picard for how he helped him in Deja Q, and so. Hmm. That's interesting. I guess I've never thought about that. If if only we had done an episode on Q. Or two of them. <laughs> uh, well, all right, guys. Um, let's let's close up here. Let's just let's give our final thoughts on season four. Darren, what do you in the big scheme of things? We talked. You know, we've done season one. You know, r- rough start. We've done season two. Kind of had a rocky going of it because of the writer strike we've done season three a fantastic season where does season four fit um in tng in general like is it a strong season is it a great season uh like how do you feel about season like when you think about it when you look at this episode list where does it where does it fall there are four seasons (laughs) 
<laughs> but uh, no, I think season four is a, is a very strong season, and I mean, it, at this point, it's not you can't even compare like three to four to five by like oh well which one has the most best episodes because like we said before like 90 percent overall of all these episodes are if not amazing but but really good so it's definitely star trek hitting its stride and and turning out really good television you know week after week these seasons here i firmly believe are what cemented in going seven years which is still a long time for any type of show you know, especially a syndicated, you know, sci-fi show. I definitely think that season four, you know, is a great season. And and also I'm glad that with Redemption, even though it's it's a good, you know, cliffhanger, you know, beginning, they they didn't feel like, okay, well, how do we top Best of Both Worlds? Is Michael Dorn coming in... back? <laughs> now it's the Borg <laughs> aiming their super gun at Earth, you know. It's like, no, we we don't need to, you know, ratchet up that much. But you know, they tell some great stories with the Klingons. They have Q. It's a really well-rounded representation of Star Trek. Uh, you, you get a lot of, you know, you get your drum heads and, you know, your data's day. You know, you get a lot of the spectrum. And it, it really shows. And, and I'm just glad back then they were making 26 episodes a season because that gave us a lot of really good Star Trek. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a great point. What about you, Philip? How do you, how, where would you rank season four what do you right now i'm just thinking about troy and night terrors just hanging there in the middle of space and anyway (laughs) one moon encircles another that's what i said to my chemistry teacher and he just looked at me really weird (laughs) which i'm gonna say night terrors which i know because that that scene gets made fun of but that's actually a pretty scary or well i'll say scary but spooky scary episode at the beginning there um, when they're just all crews like freaking out and Picard's, you know, going through the turbo lift, getting crushed and Beverly seeing dead bodies get up and actually a pretty good episode. Oh, the dead bodies. I totally forgot about that part. <laughs> That's yeah, a yeah. creepy scene. So, but anyway, but no, I'm, I'm, I don't want to repeat what we have all said. So, I, I mean, I'll just say season four, we, I, I think season three, like I, I've said this before. When I was rewatching TNG when I was much younger, I'd be like, "Oh, well, let me start with season four because that's obviously when it got good." And then, then that's when I was like, "Oh no, season three is actually better." Um, but but no, I mean, season four is just. I think that is like you said. When you think TNG, you were most likely thinking three, four, or five, but pro- most likely four. I think when people think of TNG, so I think this is our establishment in in a, in a good way season. Yeah, and you know. It's so tough. It's so hard not to compare it to season three to me. Uh, season three just is so, so amazing. Like, the highs are so high. And and I think it has more lows. Um, season four is just a solid season. It is just good all around. There are just... The lows are not that low. And there are few of them. And the highs are great, but it's just a, it's consistently like you watch an episode. This is a great episode. This is so much fun. I'm having a good time. Then you get to the next episode. This is a good episode. This is you like, you never hit that crazy, crazy low. Like you do in a, right, right. Exactly. It's, it's very just consistent across the board. Um, and, and, and when I was first going over the season for the show, I was thinking, man, this is, for that reason, like, this is kind of a dull season, but it's not. It's just so solid all the way around that you just 
take it for granted. But then when you start breaking down it episode by episode, you're like, okay, no, no, no. This is just, a, these are just great episodes and you're going to have a good time. So, um, not, not my favorite season ever, but, but so good that I think it kind of gets so consistently solid that it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But season four is something you should definitely check out as, as often as you can. I think, especially now that it's on Blu-ray as, 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 law, as well as most of uh, the other TNG right now. However, season four is not the only thing we've been talking about this week on Truck FM. So here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. And then next week, it's like, hey, Worf, what's going on? And he's like, oh, not much. Just, you know, yeah. walking around the bridge like, like I didn't have my spine grown, you know, last week. <laughs> Earl Grey. You know, he's on the Enterprise. He doesn't have to be written in the movie because, hey, he's on the Enterprise. Everyone's on the Enterprise. He gets you know. a chair. He gets a chair. I mean, I mean, the whole beginning is all about his promotion. Yeah, exactly. It's basically a warp-centered uh, movie now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> the Orb. Even Odo wasn't able to keep his, you know, quote-unquote, hands clean. The, the fact that he has this kind of sordid past that we didn't really know about until now is really, really interesting. To the journey! I think the audience by large, or by and large, kind of saw Data as a machine and was probably a little more on the side of Maddox, as in Data is it, not he, and that sort of a thing, without even realizing it. And then Measure of a Man took us from that point to, you know what? This guy has the right to choose. Warp 5. The TV viewer who doesn't know anything about that, they're probably more like the actual people of the Enterprise era, where the idea that we would have these starships that can take us into the depths of the galaxy at Warp 5, this is all new for them as well. The Ready Room. Deep Space Nine is closer to the original series than any other Star Trek show in terms of ideals and... Yeah, conflict. There is conflict in the original series. Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Wow. What's interesting, though, is this isn't even a threat. I mean, no, no, let no. that be your last no. battlefield. There was a threat that Kirk was making in, in, in this episode. Picard's just like, yeah, we don't know who's taking our ship, and nobody's allowed to have our ship, so you know, let's blow it up. Commentary, Trek stars. Although there is a certain darker aspect to the story than let's say one would find in Roddenberry's version of humanity there is also room for hope literary treks I, I can see that Jean-Luc might have told her you know I was reading Janeway's logs and can you believe that Q got married and has a son continuing mission you're watching the man trap and then for no reason at all, they go into the botany... Well, I want to call it the botany bay, even though I know that's not right. The botanical... <laughs> the, I think it's just botany room. The botany room. <laughs> and there's this person's hand in a pink glove as a space yep. plant. And you're just like, what? <laughs> Melodic treks. The latest Thompson Holiday Company advert in the United Kingdom features William Shatner's rendition of the Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. Axonar, the official podcast. And as soon as I got back to L.A., um, I sat down and in about three or four days wrote this demo suite of uh, four cues. And, you know, thankfully it resonated with Alec and, and Christian, and you know, here, here we are. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So you can check out all these shows and get in on the Daily Trek Talk. 
You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Basically, you can find them anywhere. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. And if you would like to contact us to share your thoughts on today's show, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose send to show and, of course, select Earl Grey. These messages will be emailed to the three of us personally. Finally, in social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Our new listener discussion group is called The Babel Conference, found by typing The Babel Conference, of course, in the Facebook search field, so you can find us there. Please support our sponsor, Audible.com, who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books, like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and all of Trek FM. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that is through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting www.patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all of our great content. So please become a Trek FM patron and visit www.patreon.com slash trekfm today. All right, guys. Well, we got a couple of iTunes reviews, and one is by Tonacious, who says, I have no shame for how much I love this podcast. TNG for life. These guys know their stuff and have a good dynamic together. I hope they plan on producing many, many more. And I think I could speak for all of our hosts here when we say we certainly we certainly don't plan on stopping. That's right. Soon, Each and right, every guys? week. Each and every week. Every week. <laughs> Consistently. <laughs> like clockwork. Weekly. I mean, there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, we definitely have a oh. lot more to talk about. Uh, and then our second one is uh, by Rachel from STL. Um, and she says, this podcast dedicated to Star Trek The Next Generation is fun, informative, and at times antagonistic. Uh, Darren, Daniel, and Philip have very different opinions about all things Star Trek, which makes for great discussions on just about every topic. Even though Voyager is her first To the love, journey! She says, uh, in print. To the journey! To the journey in parentheses. <laughs> Uh, their witty repartee is laugh out loud funny. Philip has the best laugh, by the way. There you go, Philip. Uh, and she says, keep it up, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, we love the positive feedback. It's really amazing to to hear that you guys are enjoying it as much as we are, as much as we enjoy it. No, I disagree, Philip, Daniel. Was it Q? Oh, sorry. I was being antagonistic. <laughs> now you have to laugh, Philip. Was it Q who gave you that great belly laugh? <laughs> oh, yes. All right, Darren. Uh, wh- what if people want to talk to you about how much they love Alexander? Well, uh, they can find me at One Up Dan <laughs> on Twitter. 
that's the number one. Not the word. <laughs> but if they'd rather talk about, you know, good characters. <laughs> That was good. Oh, that was good. That was funny. <laughs> but the next check about, uh, you know, the wounded and, um, I don't know, maybe send me an audio clip of them singing The Minstrel Boy. Uh, they can find me. <laughs> <laughs> we found our after credits blooper. <laughs> oh, God, that was good. That was funny. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you, right. throw, you, throw Dan, you throw Alexander at me and I throw it right back at you. <laughs> ah, his mother dies. <laughs> Nobody wants to take him. This guy is not going to get it. <laughs> but oh, if God, they want to talk right. about, uh, you know, the wounded or, or you know, other good episodes of season four, they can find me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. Uh, all right, all right, Philip. Uh, and and if people want to thank you for your all, your many years of service to Starfleet, uh, uh, how would they get a hold of you as well? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at NC Public Servant. That's NC for no cash tomorrow because everything's free apparently. Excellent. And if they want to talk to me about season four or anything we've talked about uh, this evening, uh, they can get a hold of me on Twitter as well. And I am one up Dan, and that is the number one, not the word. All right, guys, I have a long-lost twin brother that I've got to get back to. Um, he's kind of readjusting to the situation, so uh, I'm going to go make sure he's okay. So uh, we will catch you all next week. Engage. Good luck and prosper. Make it Fire. Fire.